o'clock on a Wednesday. That means it's time for Post to Post, Alan Wishart in, I guess you could say, the host chair. Frank Peebles with me already. Reg Fair will probably be joining us a little bit later. A lot of sports happening, Frank. It's that perfect time of the year. I love this. This is the best time of year for a sports fan. Everything's going on. Baseball and playoffs. Hockey just starting. Basketball about to start. Football, CFL winding down. NFL just getting started. It's great. And uh, on a local scene as well, the same thing is true. As soon as school starts, so many sports kick up and get going. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, a great time of year. Let's start, because we mentioned baseball, Yeah, and we talked local. And here we are talking when we should be watching, and that doesn't happen very often. Well, yeah, except that we wouldn't be able to watch Jared. No. 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 Yeah. Poor Cubbies. Cubs came up short. Um, His season's over. And I did a little bit of checking this week as well on a couple of things. Um, first off, he actually got sent to the Arizona Cubs for a few days. The Arizona Cubs? Probably just to get some at-bats in or something like that or just do some work. Huh. Because he got called back up on October the 1st, the last day of the regular season. And he played against Milwaukee, went 0 for 4, but that was the game after the Cubs had been eliminated. So it was, to that extent, sort of a, no, a mean-nothing game. Yeah. They did call him back up. They're now, making a habit of this. Yeah. Now, the other thing I checked on as well, I was able to find this out. At the beginning of his season, he signed a one-year deal. Yeah, but it ain't a one-year deal now. No. He's he's, he's signed through 2029. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's when he's a free agent anyway. Yes. Uh, that doesn't okay. mean that transactions can't transpire. But no. I, I went and checked on that, too, after yeah. our last conversation about him. And yeah. 2029 is yeah. when he's a free agent. So his final numbers for the season, I, I've got them for both the, the Cubs and the Iowa Cubs, with the big Cubs, which almost sounds like a contradiction in terms, <laughs> yeah. uh, 8 for 43, so 186 batting average, 255 on base, so a little bit better, 465 slugging on a 186 batting that's, average. That's yes. crazy when you think about oh. the differential. Yeah. When he hits the ball, he hits it hard. Oh, yeah. He had, uh, he had eight hits, three, do- three triples, and two home runs. And yeah. he stole two bases as well in the few games that he was up. With Iowa, he ended up hitting 310. Uh, on base 417, slugged 577, so on base plus slugging 994. Crazy. That's, num- that's, that's a, a great number. That's why he keeps getting called up, yeah. because he's that, just hitting it. That, hitting and he it. can play a number of different positions. And play them well. Homes. Play yes. them well, yep. 16 doubles, 2 triples, 21 home runs with Iowa, and he stole 7 bases down there. So he's, for a guy who's primarily a first baseman these days, that's not bad for stolen bases. Yeah, <coughs> pardon me. Um, I think the stolen bases, when you only see seven, tend to work into those situations where there's a runner on third and you're just trying to yeah. maybe trigger a... Yeah, or you're maybe yeah. the back end of a, of a planned double steal. Yeah, like yeah, You're yeah. on first, runners on first or and second, and, and you both go, yeah. Yeah, hit and run, and, and there's the, no hit. And Yeah, and the guy at <laughs> the place going, oh, is, is that what that signal was? I was supposed to swing? I was supposed to swing. Yeah, so so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Or swings and misses. Yes. Right, if they swing and miss, it's still a stolen base, even though there's no yeah. Yeah, hit. Yes. Yeah. It will be interesting to see what happens this year. Um, because the other thing I was thinking of as a possibility, we sort of discussed this a little bit, was um, the other baseball, the other major league teams now have enough tape, if you will, of him in the majors. Not just in Iowa, but in the majors. Yep. 
that there may be a team that's saying, okay, we can use a couple more guys on the bench who can play a few different positions. And they take a look at Jared, and their hitting coach says, I can work with this. I can see a couple of small, little things that I might be able to change. And so they might, you know, it's not going to be obviously a blockbuster trade, but yep. they might be able to swing a deal with Chicago to pick up Jared. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he uh, he does make himself somewhat valuable in that yes. sense. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, Too bad that the uh, season couldn't carry on a little longer oh. for him. But the same yes. can't be said for our Blue Jays. Mm. At least they're in. Boy, they didn't make it easy on no. themselves. They're in the playoffs for us. probably another, what, three hours? Four hours or so? Uh, you guaranteed? Know, <laughs> I, I actually have hope, and that's the only word I have yes. for it. It's not some bravado or anything. Yep. I just cross my fingers that Barrios pitching against his former teammates and yes. it's always advantage pitcher in any situation. I know that there was some talk on various chat lines that well all the twins batters know his pitches. Yep. It doesn't matter. It's no. advantage pitcher. Yeah. And uh and when you look at the at the in-game stats, not the seasonal yeah. stats, but the in-game comparison between uh Jose Barrios and uh uh, the the other the pitcher is going to pitch tomorrow, right? Goss, Bassett, Goss, with, no, Goss, no, Bassett. Okay, Bassett, Bassett pitched yesterday. Yeah, yeah, got, and he got some. He did okay. Yeah, he did okay. He yeah. did not bad. No. And uh, I know that home run. Well, the two home runs stung. Yes, but boy, he didn't do very much. And what are you supposed to do with one run, six yeah. hits? Come on. Yeah, the, but, the Achilles heel all season for the Blue Jays has been their batting, and it showed up again yesterday. Yeah. And the funny thing is, that you, but, you look at you look at the numbers for some of the guys, and the numbers are great. But the thing is, they didn't all hit at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gar- yeah. Guerrero will go nuts for a week, carry the team on his back, and they would go like three and four. Then he would cool off, and Bichette would go nuts for a week, and the team would go four and three. But nobody else was hitting. So, and the other thing too is, um, I won't say. Uh, yeah, I will say it. It's just been underperformance by a yes. lot of players. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, the upside of that, if there is such a thing, <laughs> is that everybody at the bottom of the order, even, is a dangerous hitter. I know. It doesn't <laughs> matter where you like where you start your inning in the yeah. or, batting order. You're facing a batter a who can nail you yeah. if you're not careful. Now, the Dalton Varshows of the world yeah. can really put the hurt on you if you're not careful. I would like to point out one thing which probably made a lot of baseball fans happy about the game yesterday, though. The Twins broke an 18-game postseason losing streak. Yes, yes, they were. As if you believe in jinxes, and I don't, no. they were due. Yes, and now their dueness is done. So, <laughs> yeah, you heard me. That's not, that's not, that's the Blue Jays' slogan for the slogan for today's game. Their dueness is done. Their dueness is done. Yes. Um, yeah, I should make a T-shirt out of that, patent that phrase. But uh, going back to the pitching, I know yeah. a lot of people were wondering why they were pitching Barrios when. Bassett had a much better season in terms of wins and losses, but that was it, wins and yeah. losses. If you look at the in-game stats, he yeah. and Barrios were neck and neck. It was usually a bit of advantage to uh, to Bassett, but only by a smidge when you look at whip, and, ERA, yeah. and stuff like and that. And you've got to suspect they went with Gossman because he had been sort of their ace all season. Oh, yeah, you go with Gossman for game okay. one, for sure. Now, the nice thing is you know you've got Barrios and Bassett both ready to go in game two. And now it's a must-win. Yeah. 
So you say, okay, we don't save burials for game three now because there may not be a game three. Yeah. And, we pitch and, them now, and then we've got Bassett for tomorrow. And I'm not saying I agree with the choice to put but, Barrios in, but I'm guessing that the reason they did and not Bassett was because of potentially the deep dive into how he would do against his former teammates. Yep. And pitching in his former ballpark. Yep, absolutely. That comes into it a little bit Comfort as well. Comfort in, in yes. the environment, and I think yep. that ha- actually has a lot to do with yes. it. And maybe, and I didn't do this, and I'm not going to because I have a life and a you know job what? and family and stuff. What? I'm not going to find out how Barrios and Bassett did Per batter in oh, the in yeah. the lineup, I, I'm yeah, not going to. No, okay, but I'm guessing that that statistical analysis was done oh, yeah. weeks ago yeah. by uh, the Blue Jays um, statistician department. Yeah, even though and, they, even though they probably had to do it for three or four different teams because sure they knew Minnesota was going to be there. But at that point, they didn't know if they were going to be there or where they were going to be. That's right. Yeah, which ball field? Up until what about the last week, week and a half of the season, they could have finished. And you, well, there could have been a four-way tie. I know, and in mo, with the four-way ties, I saw. I think it was um, MLB.com did a thing where they went through all the different four-way ties, and in most of them, the way it worked out was the Blue Jays didn't make the playoffs because it would come down to your records against head the other head. teams. Yeah, yeah, and the Blue, and Jays, the Blue Jays just blew up, it. The Blue Jays beat up on the teams below them in the standings. Yeah. Most of the teams above them, they had trouble with. There was a few teams that they did okay against who were above them. But, yeah, for the most part, and especially the West, and that's who the ties would have been with for the most part, would have been in the West. Yeah. So, yeah, they didn't do themselves any favors this year, but they no. were a winning team, a substantially yes. winning team. And we need to remember, as, much, as frustrating as this year has been for Blue yep. Jays fans, it was still a highly successful season, and they're a dangerous team. They and, could win it all, and they are. But a, they have they, to win today. Yeah, and they're they're actually a fairly young team too. Really? Yeah, they still are quite young. Yeah, absolutely. And and the players that sort of have a bit more age are not coming back next year, probably. Yes. Right? Brandon Belt, I doubt, will be no. a Blue Jay again. No. Whit Merrifield probably will not be a Blue Jay again. The only reason you keep Merrifield around is because he's almost a Jared Young. Yeah, he's he very... He doesn't just play second base. He can yeah. play second base, shortstop. He can play outfield for a while if you need him. But... And he's a good defender. He's His contract is up. I know. And I think he's... Although he is older... Yes. In that sense... He's still very effective. And so from his point of view, do you want to be a bench player, a glorified bench player on a very good team? Or do you want to be a regular on probably a non-contender? Well, he was that for years with Kansas City, we should point out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And he was more than happy to come to the Blue Jays, I think. But a team like um, the Padres right now, they're looking at at potentially bringing in a second baseman. They might move uh, uh, Crone over to to do uh, second base because that was his position in the first place, which would mean they're after a first baseman. But if they decide to keep him on first... Who's on first? (laughs) Then a guy like Merrifield suddenly becomes really yes. attractive, especially because he's older and their team is also quite young. Yeah, and more or less. some of their players like Machado is showing a. And Machado's going to be potentially out for quite a while. He's well, going to have surgery. He's showing 
it's not an injury problem. It's just a series of different injuries. Like, yeah, it seems yeah. like every time he gets hurt, he always gets hurt. But it's never, like, it's not like with some guys, it's always like their yeah, shoulder some muscle or, or whatever. their knee or yeah. something. With him, it's always something different. And Yeah, and he's having surgery this week, I yes. think, and won't yeah. be back until, at best, the beginning of training camp, yes. but more likely the end of training camp. And Which then is you pushing need, it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Which And so a guy like Merrifield, who can also... You know, push guys around in different ways to yeah. to fill third base. Like you could put Tatis oh, on third, yes. and him in the outfield, or vice versa, whatever. It just makes him attractive to a team mm-hmm. like that because they don't have to give anything up for him. No, and they can cut him loose as soon as Machado comes back. Yeah, or again, or just keep hang him, on to keep him. him on the bench as the full time backup, knowing there's a good chance Machado's going to go down again at some point. No kidding. <laughs> yes. Um, how about we talk football for a while? All right. Local. Oh, okay. I uh, actually yes. watched a little this week. I went and uh, mm-hmm. sat in on uh, the College Heights PGSS high yes. school game. That was quite fun yeah. to watch. It was on Friday it's, night. It's interesting because they've got a four-team division this year, which means they're only playing one game every Friday. There used to be sometimes doubleheaders when they had five teams. Uh-huh. They sometimes have doubleheaders. Yeah, right. You have to be yeah. rotational. To, yeah. yeah. Or but, play a game on a Thursday night or something. Yeah. But uh, PGSS, the game you watched, were yeah. you there for the end? I was, no, I, I left early because the game okay. was clearly out of yeah. hand. And, yeah. 33-12 final, PGSS over Shasti Kelly Road. The game this Friday, Nechaco Valley, literally on the road, but they are also the designated away team playing College Heights. Uh-huh. So, and College Heights, I believe, beat PGSS last week. So, if you go by that, again, the Jackal Valley, though, is one of those teams where every few years, they get two or three really good seasons. And yeah. They're like the class of the league. Solid leadership and, there in uh, in yeah. Vanderhoof. Yes. They've, uh, they've, they punch way above their weight because, yeah. and it all got started, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I would love to be corrected if, if necessary, is... Uh, they had a couple of RCMP officers ah, okay. who were stationed in Vanderhoof, who yep. were phenoms at football mm-hmm. and pretty good at motivating kids and yeah. coaching right, as well. So they got that program going and just rolling. And now they are, for small town BC, okay. they are a significant football force. Well, years ago, this was probably before you might have, well, actually, no, you were probably here at the time. Maybe. Very few things are before my time anymore. Basketball and volleyball. Oh, yeah, Especially yeah. on the, the girls' side, uh, Sue Ivonik, I remember her playing. She started for the senior team as a grade 8. From grade 8 through grade 12, she was the MVP at every tournament except one. <laughs> and she was and injured that, was, that tournament. <laughs> no. And that was the Provincials the one year. Oh, well. It was... I want to say her name was Ross Joe Hall from DP Todd was the MVP. Oh, really? Another and, local. Yeah. Because those two teams played in the championship, single A, yeah. yeah. But um, a couple of people I talked to the following season said they thought they didn't say this like you know for publicity or like you know for public consumption, if you will. But they thought that the people selecting the MVP for that tournament went with Raws just to sort of break things up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think they almost felt sorry for Ross because, you know, so often it was, you know, if you looked at the voting, it was probably, here's Sue, and right behind her is Ross. But we've yeah. only got one MVP. And it always goes to Sue. What do so you I think on to this do? one, they said, let's go with Ross. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
And I don't really have a problem with that. But, uh, no. As long as she earned it. Yes. Oh, yeah. They were both great players. And they ended up guarding each other a fair bit because they were both guards. But, uh, no, but uh, for a few years, Vanderhoof was a powerhouse in girls' basketball. Like, they were a single-A school, and they would go to the lower mainland for for tournaments and beat up on the triple-A teams from the lower mainland. Uh-huh. Just, Yeah. Yeah, it's astounding sometimes if you if you oh. catch and it yeah. tends to stem back to leadership. It's yes. either a couple of players who are standouts yeah. and take over and motivate everybody around them to sort of uh, uh, sort of magnetize in, yeah. into a team, or it's coaches who are so dedicated to it and so effective. The coach at they it. had out there for years was Doug Harshbarger. and he was just he was a great coach, and he was also a super guy. Although I think there were probably some refs who may not have thought that way during games. Like, after games, he was a great guy. He would chat with the refs. He would always thank them. Mm-hmm. And they would even talk a little bit about the game sometimes. But during the game, he would be on the refs. Huh. But, no. Not a fan of that. No. But, I don't like that well, behavior I mean, at all. He, he, he would be on them, but it would be stuff like, okay, bear down out there. They can direct it at the ref. Okay. Which I don't have okay, a Okay, that's a yeah. little different. He's sort of saying... You missed the call, but bear down. And like, you know, he wasn't saying, hey, come on, how about you start calling fouls on the other guys for a change? Yeah, no, yeah. he never went like that. Yeah, I kind of like that. Just yeah. general general yeah. conversation almost yeah. in a pointed way. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That's a little, little different. And I, I was a scorekeeper for a lot of years back then as well. And there were times where during a game, like there would be a timeout and both teams would be at their benches, and the two coaches would be in front of the scorekeeper's table just chatting. They weren't talking to their teams. They were just chatting with each other during uh-huh. the timeout, which was kind of neat. Well, yeah, and Bear's doing because, yeah. uh, remember what we're here for, right? It's yeah. just for fun. Oh, yeah. It's just for fun. And what we're here for is to take a quick break and come back with some more Post to Post. Hello, this is Morris Shasang. To get a feel on what's happening across the country, listen to Viewpoints for reports, interviews, and documentaries on politics, arts and culture, the environment, housing, and more. Thanks to 30 journalists stationed in the Canadian provinces and territories, local news nationwide. Monday nights at 11 on CFIS 93.1 FM. There's plenty happening at the Heart Pioneer Center right through fall. Dance to the music of B-Side October 28th during the Oktoberfest Dinner and Dance. Take in the annual Craft Fair and Bake Sale November 4th and enjoy the next Roast Beef Dinner on November 19th. You're also encouraged to attend the general meeting at 1.30 Thursday, November 23rd. For event tickets and more information, call the Heart Pioneer Center at 250-962-6712. The Heart Pioneer Center, keeping you involved in the heart. Dementia affects how a person conveys their thoughts and feelings, resulting in mixed-up words and misunderstandings. Zoom in October 30th and learn how to address these behaviors and respond to other questions. To register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033 or email info.helpline at alzheimerbc.org. It's a webinar for caregivers targeting strategies for word, salad, and more. Monday, October 30th from 2 to 3.30 via Zoom. 
Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly cloudy today, wind from the west at 20 and a high of 12. Tonight, mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers, a low of minus 1. A mix of sun and cloud on Thursday with a high of 16. Taking a bit of a trip down Gator Road with the Stampeders there as we come back with some more post-to-post. We were talking football before the break. Let's, Let's carry on, yeah. yes. Prince George and the Clay Layton A. Kodiak That's were in right. action on Saturday against the uh, Okanagan Sun. It was National Day for Reconciliation, Truth and Reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And they uh, wore their special jerseys. were very innovative. Yes. Unfortunately, Okanagan was a little bit more innovative on the field. Final score was 74 to 14. Ouch. Yes. Ouch. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's my takeaway from that. Yeah. They got 14. Yes. Fourteen does not tell you that that is a team that is um, a walkover. Clayley, because I'm going to call them that, and Clayley stepped up somewhat. Right, their offense had some success. Yeah, the defense. The defense, though. Wow. And is that because there's holes in the defense, or is that because Okanagan just has a substantial team? Good. Yes. I would they're imagine. one of the top two teams in the in the province. I know they're in the top ten in Canada in the rankings. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That's but a tough. I have order. sometimes thought a situation like this as well. You're looking at that score and you're going, "Holy cow!" Because you know they played Okanagan earlier in the year and they lost, but it was close. I think it wasn't they you know, super close. It wasn't like a field goal in the last play of the game or anything, but it was reasonably close. I sometimes think what happens is because this was a special game. Okanagan came in and they said, okay, these guys are going to be really up for this game. We've got to get on them right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to start feeding off of that crowd and everything. So I sometimes think this, I'm not going to say it backfires, but I sometimes think the other team maybe feeds off it as well. Even though they were not wearing, Okanagan wasn't wearing special uniforms or anything. As I say, I got yeah. tested a couple of weeks ago about that, and the reply I got from their Facebook was, unfortunately, no. And I like the unfortunately part. Yeah, although it bugs me. You've had yeah. all your... Uh, yeah. Get on it. Come on. Yeah. I, I was at the uh, Caribou Cougars. We're, we're going to mm. uh, delve into this a little bit later yes. on. But uh, they also had orange mm. uniforms yeah. for their home game this yes. year. Yeah. My goodness, it looked great. No, now... I guess you could say... Because the visiting team did not. No. Right, and so I think the next step we have to take as a society is to always step up on this. It doesn't matter if you're you're not in your own town, you're still on someone's traditional territory. Yeah. The only thing is, though, if you're all wearing orange, there's a problem. I don't think it has to be orange. No. (laughs) uh, uh, Now, the Kodiaks get to go on the road this weekend. Because that was their last home game. So they get on the road this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Guess where they go? Um, somewhere sunny? Yes. They get to go down the club. Again, the schedule this year, the BC Football Conference is a seven-team league. You play ten games. The Kodiaks have got three of them against the Okanagan side. How does that happen? It, it just... That just is mystifying. I know. But, I mean, I guess they figure, especially... Close Dealing games, with Prince geographically. George, yeah, with Prince George as well, they're probably saying, okay, 10 weeks even, given that there's a couple of bye weeks in there, because there are seven teams, so you can't have everybody playing every weekend. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're going to finish the season in the middle of October. 
Now, I think what people have to realize, and they may have forgotten still down south, and like, you know, maybe Jamie Borum and the rest of the uh, Kodiak should mention this to them, we've got basically an all-weather field up here now at Masters Place Stadium. Absolutely. We yeah. can go until the end of October. We will have no trouble getting volunteers out if we need to to scrape the snow off the field. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the first time that no. football in this province had snow to deal with. Yes. So I think I'm wondering sometimes if that's one of the reasons why they only play 10 games is because there is that concern about the weather, especially up here. I'm just concerned about their mathematics. I mean, yeah. how do you have a 10-game yeah. season with seven teams and triple yes. a, a team? And then they finish the season by heading south again. Not quite so far this time. Mm. Down to Camelot to play the Broncos, yeah. who are 1-7. and seven going into this weekend's play. Well, yeah, that could be a clash of the titans in a, in a sense. Yes, well, uh, it would be more clash of the titans to some extent <laughs> if it was the Broncos playing the Vancouver Island team. Oh yeah, they're not they're very strong nine. either, yes, yeah. Yes, and I saw a headline on the BC Football Conference site that they had gotten rid of their head coach. I don't know, because their news stories sometimes, it's like they've got their last five news stories are the ones they've got across the top, but some of those could be like three weeks old, but there's, there just hasn't been any news since then. Right, yes, yes. But they, Vancouver Island apparently did get rid of their coach, so. At 0-9. Yes. Well, something must have been systemically yeah, like, quite wrong, because, because why wouldn't you finish the season at least? So obviously well, they there was something deeper. You could ask that same question, though, about a couple of the Major League Baseball teams. Got through the entire season up until the last weekend without a single manager losing his job. And then on the last weekend, I think there were two yeah. got canned. And then there was another one. Like Basically, his team came off the field, and he was told that he was gone. So technically, it was after the season. But but that, again, was still very unusual to yeah. get through an entire season without having a single manager. Because there were some teams, some general managers, where they look at it, and they say, okay, we've got a good team, and they just don't seem to be working with this manager. So let's just make a change and see what happens. Sometimes it works. Yeah, Sometimes the, the team kicks the Blue into Jays, gear. St- they kind of um, toyed around that without without doing anything yeah. drastic, right? No. They brought in Edwin Encarnacion for a yeah. while. They brought in Dante Bichette for a while. Yes. To try and just motivate yeah. without blowing up their management structure. No. And then they had Don Mattingly there all season oh, long. Wow. What a... Yes. And there were still people who were questioning Schneider's uh, in-game decisions. And, yeah. and to me, it's like, well, there are kind of two there. It's yeah. not just Schneider's in-game no. decision. And the thing with Mattingly, she's not just obviously a great hitting coach... But um, he could probably give Vladimir Guerrero some tips on fielding at first base, too. Oh, man, no kidding. Man. And he's just a, a, an experienced manager all yes. around. Like He just knows how to I'll, operate a bench. I do have to mention this one thing, though, is that right now he would be a little bit out of his depth. Because in the however many years it was, 18 years or whatever, they played with the Yankees? Yeah. They never made the playoffs. They, yeah, they, he was... <laughs> he, he came in the he year after they did it. And the year after he left, they made the playoffs. Yeah. But he just happened to hit that one gap. And obviously, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> Clearly not. No. But, uh, no. So, um, but yeah. So, the Kodiaks finished at home. Two more games on the road, as I said. And then they're not going to make the playoffs. I was checking. Even 
I think it's the top four teams make the playoffs, would be my guess. And right now, they're three games behind the team that's in fourth place, and they've only got two games left. Yeah. yeah. So you do the math, and even I could do this math. Yeah, this is uh, not going to make it. No. No, it's sort of like uh, a few years ago with the Blue Jays. After the first week of the season, you'd be saying, okay, so what's their magic number? And you're saying, well, next year. <laughs> no. Okay, we are going to take another quick break and come back with more. We'll probably start talking some hockey. I would think, the yeah, break. there's lots to talk about. Yeah, on Post to Post. The City of Prince George offers many aquatic fitness classes at the Can for Leisure Pool and the Prince George Aquatic Center. Classes assist with improving range of motion, building strength, and improving cardio. Incorporating force of motion with water resistance, AquaFit will give you a full body workout in an environment which is also easy on your joints. For the AquaFit schedule and other details, visit the aquatics page under Parks and Recreation at PrinceGeorge.ca. The Prince George RCMP is currently investigating an arson that occurred during the September long weekend on the Mackenzie Lookout Forest Service Road. When employees returned to the site on Tuesday, September 4th, they found three of their machines burned beyond repair. The estimated cost of the damaged equipment is $1 million. If you have any information relating to this incident, please contact the Prince George RCMP's non-emergency line at 250-561-3300. The Prince George RCMP are requesting your help in finding 50-year-old Shane Allen McNelly, wanted for driving while prohibited and failure to appear. McNelly is described as a Caucasian male, 6 foot 1, 181 pounds, with brown hair, blue eyes, and a dragon tattoo on his upper right arm. He is considered dangerous and should not be approached. If you know the whereabouts of Shane McNelly, call the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300. And we are back on Post to Post, Alan Wishart, Frank Peebles. Let's talk hockey. Absolutely. I mean, we're halfway through a sports show in Prince George, and we haven't even started to talk about hockey yet. And, and I just have to say that if we're going to talk hockey, one word dominates. Bedard. Except that we're talking local hockey. I know, but he was he played here last year. It was yeah. fun to watch. Well, actually, right now, one name dominates local hockey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Parasic. With the uh, Cougars, Tarek Parasic, through their first four games, I guess it was, because I don't think this included the stats from their game last night, eight goals, four assists, 12 points, tied for the league lead. That's what I said, Bedard. With Andre Becker, who's his teammate. <laughs> <laughs> they and, are feeding each other, clearly. Yes. Well, but but yeah. those are, that, like, that's seriously Bedard numbers. Yeah. And um, I know. I mean, that's practically Schneider numbers from uh, the Blue Jays. Yes, when you come out of the gate, just creaming everybody. Yeah. So good. Good for both of them. Yeah. Not just. And not just. Uh, was named uh, WHL Rookie, Rookie of the Week. Rookie. Rookie of yes. the Week. Not, not just a veteran no. who's out there slamming no. around. There's a kid that just doesn't know he's not supposed to succeed oh, yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had six points on. I guess it was Friday night. They beat Victoria eleven to two. Now, I have to confess, I was just a little bit worried, because the week before that, they opened the season at home against Tri-City. Sounds right? Yes. They won the first game 9 nothing, lost the second one 6-4. to 
Now they go into Victoria How on the weekend. You? They win the first game 11 to 2. And you were I'm looking bracing at the for the slam later. The, the other shoe and to fall. They're down 2 nothing. I'm going, oh no, is it going to be one of these years? They ended up winning at 5 3. Oh, good thing. So yes. The good. other skate did not fall. Yes. And then last night. On paper, they should have a oh. significant team this year. Oh, yeah. Last night, Kelowna in town beat them 3 to 2. Um, who was it? Riley Height, I think it was, got the winner. The Cougars' first goal, though, was Kane Zimmer, who just came back on the weekend uh-huh. from the Kings yep. from their training camp. And now they know this is who this is got. their team. Yeah, well, yeah, their team is back. because they had five guys at training at NHL training camps, right? Yes. Ty Young has won their last three games in goal. He, uh, uh, as I say, Height and Zimmer are both back, and I checked today. Ethan Sampson was sent by Philadelphia to play with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in the AHL. He'll be taking shots at some point on Tyler Brennan, who New Jersey sent down to play with the Utica Comets of the of the American Hockey League. And those were the five guys who were training camp. So three of them came back. I think most of them were 20-year-olds, I think. And they're not coming back, obviously. So, so now the Cougars know... This is what we. This is what we're working with. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking about this a few weeks ago when we were looking at the projections for who was going to be gone yeah. and how long they might be gone. And and uh, our conclusion was that you, nonetheless, even though you know you're going to be getting some significant players back again, and that's mm-hmm. your team, and then you're going to gel. Yeah. You can't donate points. No. While you wait for that to happen. Well, yeah. And they did not. No. They, the Cougars yeah. really did themselves some favors. Oh. And I know it's just a few games, but when you get to the end of the season, or really more around trade deadline well, time, you've really given yourself some helpful points there. And that's the thing is, at the end of the season, the wins they got last weekend and last night count just as much as a win they get in March. And they're all critical. You yes. cannot donate no. wins to other teams. No. You just can't if you hope to be yeah. a winning team. And the Cougars have yeah. every hope this year yes. of being oh. not just Off a playoff team, but but they could go deep. Yeah. Four and one, playing Kelowna again tonight. Then they have got a busy schedule. The good news is it's all at home. So they played Kelowna last night, Kelowna tonight, Wenatchee, not a BCHL team anymore. Yes. Um, They're yeah. here Friday and Saturday, and then Swift Current pays their one visit of the season next Wednesday. So the Cougars have got, you know, what's that, four games in the next eight days, or five in the last nine, counting last night. So that's fairly busy. The nice thing is to say, it's all at home. Yeah. So that's kind of convenient. But uh, no, uh, Riley Height. Five goals in the three games since he came back. Kane Zimmer came back on the weekend. And last night was his first game. Immediate got impact. a goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, as I say, um, Parasic with eight goals and four assists for 12 points. Andre Becker, three goals, nine assists. So when you see numbers like that, you're saying, yeah, those guys are playing with each other, aren't they? They're setting it, each other up. It really does speak to the last two general managers that oh. the Cougars have had. Yes. Because uh, Mark Lamb has clearly been playing a good hand of poker here to yeah. uh, oh. assemble his team. And that was built on the table that got set yeah. by uh, by Mr. Harkins when yeah. he was here. And I'm just so impressed with the way that the Cougars organization is is working right now 
on behalf of the fans, right? Yes. I mean, I'm not, I got no stake in this other than just watching a good hockey game. Yeah. And boy, it is a solid WHL product that we get to see right now. The other thing you got to sort of mention as well is the scouts. Oh, sure. Absolutely. was a fourth round pick. Yeah. And, and the yeah. scouts really do yes. in, oh. in the WHL. They really are the backbone of your team and oh, yeah. unheralded, unheralded. Yeah, because it's not like you're drafting a guy, like anybody. Name like, three Regina, scouts that Regina, the Regina a few have, years right? ago probably didn't have too much trouble saying, yeah, we're going to take this Bedard kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's when life's easy. Yes. But, yeah, it's, it is, and, and in the WHL, in every league, really, but in yeah. the WHL in particular, where you're drafting kids that are ridiculously young. Yes. It really is impressive that a scouting unit oh. can can shoot that straight. Yeah. By the time they get to the fourth round, the fifth round, they're still picking talented yeah. players. And again, on the other hand, mm-hmm. sometimes you pick players who are okay and you expect they'll do well, but then you get put in the hands of coaches. Yes. Which who are those coaches? Right. Yeah. It's not Cougars coaches for the most part. Most of those kids well, are right there. Right, 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 right now, I think the Cougars head coach and the general manager get along fairly I well. I think they yeah, <laughs> are on the same page for yes. sure. But it really is about communication with their minor hockey programs back in their hometowns yeah. or whatever academy they're with. Or yeah. and should also mention um, drafting goalies. Oy. As I say, Brennan is now going to be in the Ontario and the American Hockey League this year. But Young is back. Yep. Won his last three games. And who's that the, schmo that was the third stringer? Who's the one of their four games that he didn't win was Joshua Ravensburger, I think his name is. All he did was get a shutout in the yeah, first game. It's shutout. Jeez. Welcome to the show. Yeah. And and for a lot of these kids, the dub is the show. Yeah. This is as high as they're going to go. And yeah. even if it's not, this is substantial oh. hockey. Yeah. And you get a shutout? Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, let's not no. also forget that that was a strong defensive game. Yes. And that the thing that may have made him feel, to some extent, maybe a little bit better, even though I think he may have been in goal the next night, was they lost. So he's going now, okay, these guys are not a horrible team that I shut out last night. They right. can score. They can score. Yeah. And yet I bageled I, them. I nailed yeah. them, yeah. yeah. First game of the season at home, front of your crowd, who are probably going nuts as the game goes along, and they keep looking up and, is that a zero on the other team's side? Well, and when the score is that high in your team's favor, that oh. gives the fans the opportunity to really relish in in the, the big zero on the other side of the scoreboard. So every yeah. time someone crosses the blue line attacking the Cougars' end, yeah. The, yeah. the gut gets kind of tight. Quick, quick is this going to go in? Is this going to go in? When the Cougars are up by that much, if you're on their bench as one of the coaches, yeah. At what point in the game do you tell your guys, okay, let's maybe tighten it up just a little bit defensively? You know, don't take chances on offense. We've got the game wrapped up. Yeah, uh, as soon as you're up by about three, I would yeah. think. Maybe yeah. four. I guess it depends on the time of the game as And well. that's when, as a coach, I would start playing the third and fourth line a lot yes. more. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know if it's a third or a fourth line, but we are going to take our third break and be back with some more hockey on Post to Post. If you're looking to stock up on winter reading material, take in the fall book sale at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. Friday, October 13th from 3 to 5.30 is the Friends of the Library members-only event, with memberships available at the door. Then it's the open sale October 14th from 10 to 2.30. 
As always, the books are for sale by donation. The Friends of the Library Fall Book Sale, October 13th and 14th at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. Connect with services such as WorkBC, ServiceBC, and the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. It's a convenient way for you to find out about these community services at a spacious central location. Sessions are held every second Tuesday, and you don't need to make an appointment. Just drop in and chat with the service providers you need. The next community services drop-in is Tuesday from 1 to 3 at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. The Prince George Chamber of Commerce 38th Annual Business Excellence Awards is fast approaching. Set for Friday, October 20th at the Playhouse, the list of nominees in 12 different categories is available online through pgchamber.ca. Voting for each category is also available online. Tickets and other details are available under the events menu at pgchamber.bc.ca. The Prince George Chamber of Commerce 38th Annual Business Excellence Awards, a golden evening of excellence, Friday, October 20th at the Playhouse. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly cloudy today, wind from the west at 20 and a high of 12. Tonight, mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers, a low of minus 1. A mix of sun and cloud on Thursday with a high of 16. Okay, back on Post to Post, Alan and Frank and... There's other hockey teams we should probably talk about, you know, in town. If you want a really good hockey game to go to, you could choose any number oh. of venues right now. Yes. The Cougars are always amazing. Yeah. The Spruce Kings, in addition to being a good hockey team, who doesn't love that barn to sit and watch oh, a hockey yeah. game? I just love the the, the old the, the oldest rink in town. And Kin won. An amazing facility. Oh, yes. And Considering it's the third rink in town. Yeah, but in many ways my favorite for watching. Yeah. And yes. uh, you've got the uh, the Caribou Cougars and uh, the uh, the Capitals right. playing. Yep. Or the Capitals often play Kin 2, but yeah. also not a bad rink. Yep. Spruce Kings on the weekend uh, lost 3-2 to two in overtime to Chilliwack. And then they beat Merritt 5-3. Uh-huh. Now they're off this weekend, but that's partly because they need to get rested up. Because they're in Merritt on Tuesday, in Penticton on Wednesday, and in West Kelowna on Friday. Well, if you're going to go on a road trip, you may as well make yeah, the most boom, boom, of it. Boom. Yeah. And those are tight games together. They'll stay at the oh, same yeah. hotel for all three yeah. of those games, probably. Yes. I would think they'd probably pick West Kelowna to stay yeah. in, so the, the, the Merritt's close, Penticton's, Penticton's close. And then when the West Kelowna game is over, you can just, boom, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. And they also added a player in the last week. This is going to happen a little bit. Yes. A forward from Chilliwack, Ryland Brady. And uh, the stats on him, he doesn't look like he's a big scorer or anything. He's 6'1", 190. So, so not he's a, small. He's a, he's a fairly good-sized yeah, boy. That's a, that's a sizable guy. And he is already committed to West Superior, to Lake Superior State in the NCAA for next year. Mm. So, again, I, I'm thinking the next time I talk with um, Jack Clark from the Spruce Kings, I may ask him if he can just do a quick bit of research and tell me how many of their players who they've got on the roster right now are already committed. Hmm. Yeah, that's a fair question. Yeah. Because a lot of times during the season, of course, you'll get the announcements that so-and-so is now committed. But, uh, no, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, so that's uh, that's about all we've got on the Spruce Kings at this point. Um, oh. 
let's go down a notch. You happen to mention the Caribou Cougars. They're doing so well right now. Yes. And yet frustrating as well. Hmm. Just talking about the uh, the U18 team, yes. which is the, the top age category for yes. them. Their games this weekend, uh, they had two of them, yep. two games. Against and, Valley West. Yep, against Valley West, which is, you know, not a bad team. No. And uh, the first game ended in a tie. Yep. And it was a pretty exciting game by yes. all accounts. And uh, then the next game, the wheels kind of fell off. Yeah. And uh, the wheels fell off not because of talent, but because of, in my assessment anyway, just uh, defeating themselves. The players mm. just couldn't hold the puck very well. There was yeah. a lot of bobbled pucks. There was uh, a lot of questionable decision-making in-game. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't the case in There's the a guy open over there. Oh, wait a minute. He's wearing the other team's uniform. Yeah, oh, yeah brain okay. cramps like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it still it was a 4-1 yes. loss, which is still not a, a terrible no. situation. Here's the thing. And this is, if you're if you're the coach, Tyler Bruff, this is where I think you're going to feel some, although frustration in the moment, <laughs> intense frustration in yes. the moment, ultimate positivity though is they gave over the course of the weekend they gave up three shorthanded goals Ooh. out of that's a, a systems problem yes. that is something that can be fixed and yeah. potentially fixed very quickly and the odds are that's not just a player right that's got to be just something about okay we're going to keep passing the puck from one board to the other at the blue line Oh, look, they figured that out, and yeah. there goes another guy on a break. Exactly. So yes. that's something that they can spend a practice or two yep. working on and dial that back, and suddenly that whole scenario, both those games, totally different yep. situation. And they get a chance to try out any new systems in Kamloops this weekend. And they'll have a new world. player, too. Oh. Yeah, the same deal as what's happening with a lot of BCHL. Right. The shuffle there's, down. there's the shuffle down right. going on okay. right now. And yeah. so, yeah, Kenyon McIsaac, huh? who is a significant player. Wow, well, yeah. I mean, if he was at a BCHL or a WHL camp, obviously, yeah. yes. And uh, didn't make that cut. So no. although he feels that disappointment, he yeah. is a Prince George guy. Yeah. So he's going to come back and play for the Cougars. Okay. So um, there you go. He's going to be adding to their yeah. their offensive thrust. Yeah. Next home games for the U18 Cougars uh, October 14th and 15th in Kin 1 hosting the Vancouver Northeast Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You've always got to specify with the Vancouver teams because there's about 14 of them. Yes, there are a lot. And they're all usually by compass directions. Yeah, none of them are just Vancouver. Vancouver. No. Um, some other BC Elite uh, stuff from the weekend. Um, let's jump over to the U18 Northern Capitals. Yes, the female team. They were at the showcase in Surrey on the weekend. It's an got early up. showcase. Yes. I think there's another one later in the year. Uh, they got off to a good start. They beat the Greater Vancouver Comets 3-1. to one. Then things went kind of downhill, but again, part of it was because they played the Fraser Valley Rush, lost 3 nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh Played the Vancouver Island Seals and lost 4 nothing. Then they played the Rush again, which is kind of interesting because huh. there were other teams in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they lost 3-2. Huh. Well, so that's a closer tight. game, though. Yeah, yeah, even the losses aren't that bad. No. No, uh, but the two, the back-to-back zeros, yeah, that's. Um, but again, that is something that may just be a systems problem. Yeah. This early in the season could be fixed very quickly. Yeah, they are off this weekend in Kelowna, October fourteenth and fifteenth versus the Thompson Okanagan Lakers. Then they host the Fraser Valley Rush, October twentieth and twenty-first. Uh, Worth coming to watch those games. Game one, very First exciting game hockey on the twentieth. Is in Kin One, six forty-five. Nice. And then they're in Kin Two, the following night at five forty-five. 
The U-15 Cougars were off this weekend. They are also off this coming weekend. And then they're in Kelowna to play the Okanagan Rockets. They host the Thompson Blazers on the 21st and 22nd, both games at Kin 1. We'll talk a little bit about the times and everything next week. Uh, the U-17 Cougars tied Valley West 4-4 and then lost 5-4. They are in action this weekend. They host the Thompson Blazers on Saturday at 3.45 in Kinwan and Sunday morning 10.30 in Kinwan. So again, some hockey going on in uh, the, in the cities. I'm just quickly checking. That's right, the Cougars are in town this weekend as well. But mm-hmm. they're so yeah. There's not going to be any conflicts with the games though. No, no. good. I actually uh, watched U13 uh, Capitals oh, play okay. this weekend. Yeah. The, the, that was in Tumbler Ridge. They had two oh. games. It started their season off. Yeah. They hadn't even had a scrimmage yet yes. and had to play hockey. Yeah. And that's just life in the yeah. U13 world and yeah. they uh, dropped one the first game both games was against sort of a conglomeration mm. of I'm northeast the, teams yeah. uh, northeast girls onto peace one river, team peace river yeah the whole peace river peace. area so mostly fort st john dawson creek kids but yeah. there were some fort nelson kids maybe a tumbler boy ridge. that's a drive yes and uh, that was i've never been to tumbler ridge before no. amazing <laughs> town holy cow yeah. Great sports. Well, oh. not just sports. Uh, it's a facility there that has their library yeah. and the meeting mm. rooms, all kinds mm. of stuff there. But uh, uh, quite a quite a great little start off for the U13s, Oof. and it's important to support them because these yep. are your capitals of the future. Yep. And uh, the the games would have been much different had the I believe her age was 15 in net. Oh, okay. 14 for sure. Yeah. 15 potentially, and that was their goalie because they just couldn't assemble. And, and yeah. that's still the COVID effect. Yes. There was a whole, con- uh, like a, a, a real lop-off yeah. of, the, of every cohort in that, that age bracket. Yeah. And so we're struggling with that. Williams Lake tended to have a U13 program, and mm-hmm. they don't this year. No. The West, with um, Vanderhoof through to Rupert, yeah. tends to have a U13 program for girls, and, do- no. and they don't have that this year. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back... We're going to head up the hill and talk about UNBC for a while on Post to Post. Kids ages 5 to 9 can learn the basics of hand sewing at the Prince George Public Library. You'll learn to make cute crafts and mend your clothes in a series of workshops held over four Thursdays at each branch. All materials are provided. Kids Can Sew is a drop-in program each Thursday from 3.30 to 4 at the Nechaco branch ending this week and then at the downtown branch through November 2nd. Kids Can Sew, Thursday afternoons at your Prince George Public Library. The Norton Indigenous Arts Council is excited to extend an invitation to Indigenous artists, art enthusiasts, supporters, and community leaders to join its general membership and board of directors. Members can be listed on the NIAC website as a featured artist and get prioritized opportunities for group exhibitions, art markets, and more. Board members help enhance and create opportunities for Indigenous artists to flourish. Full details are available under the About menu at NIACPG.com. Advocate's annual Celebrate Life Gala is set for Thursday. The gala brings hundreds of supporters, partners, and friends together for Advocate's mission to promote and celebrate life. This year's guest speaker will be author and frequent co-host on Keeping the Faith's podcast, Contagious Influencers of America, Victoria Robinson. Sponsor a table or reserve a spot in general seating through their website, CelebrateLifeGala.ca. Advocate Life and Education Services annual Celebrate Life Gala, Thursday at the Prince George Civic Center. Center. 
surfer music. Yeah, well, actually, Conway Twitty. Little surfer music. Okay, Country fine. Surfer. Yeah, way yes. <laughs> it's that guitar sound. And, yes. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. we don't get to talk about surfing enough no. on this sports show. For some show. reason, there's no surfing in Prince George. Not very, yeah. No. We, we can do most things, but that's one we yeah. will never really dominate. No, at. well, I mean, some of the people I've seen walking around Prince George, if you were able to, say, get them out to West Lake and have them jump in at one end, <laughs> you might be able to get enough of a wave to get some surfing going. But I'm not going to say anything else at this point. They'd have to jump from the top of UNBC Hill. Yes. But UNBC, um, not a great weekend on the soccer fields for them. Hmm. Uh, they were both on the road. and it, the, the men lost 2-0 and 2-0 to Victoria. The women had a strange weekend. They lost 1-0 to Victoria on Friday... Then they traveled to Calgary to play wow. Mount Royal and lost 2-0. So the two teams combined didn't score. You know, you know but, these again, are not blowouts. No, these that's are, the thing. is, I remember some years ago, and you probably do as well, if you were playing UVic, either the men's or the women's, it would be like 9 nothing. And that's what stood out to me when, yeah. was when you said they were playing Victoria. And Victoria yes. is, of oh. course, a soccer yes. hub of, of uh, not just BC, but one of the top soccer cities in Canada. Yeah. And to... Uh, to put up results like that, even though they're losses, yes, uh, that's that's something to take away and put in your pocket. Yeah. So the men are off this weekend. They've got two games left in the regular season, and they're at home. October the thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Uh-huh. Fraser Valley in town, seven forty-five start over at uh, Massage Place, and then October fifteenth on the Sunday they play at two fifteen in the afternoon. And that's the end of the regular season. They're 2-7-2, and two, and I cannot remember for sure how many teams make the playoffs, but they might be clinging. The one thing they've got in their advantage, if you will, Fraser Valley is 2-8 and eight going into play this weekend. Mm. So you're up against a team that's about your level. Better take advantage. Yes, and you're playing them at home. Uh, the women, after that interesting road trip, get to play at home. They play UBC on Friday and Saturday over at Massage Place. Or, sorry, they're in UBC on Friday and Saturday at Ma- uh, down there. It's not going to get any easier. UBC is 9-1 this yeah, year. Yeah, and UBC is yes. always strong. Yes. Then they host UBC Okanagan. And, again, this is one of the things we mentioned a few times. The men's team and the women's team in soccer don't always match up because there's different numbers of teams in the leagues. Mm-hmm. Well, both of the UNBC teams finish the season at home on the same weekend. October the 13th and 15th, the women are also playing, and they're playing UBCO. So they're not playing the same team as the men are, but they're both playing. And again, next week, I'll have times for all four of those games. Yeah, and although, I mean, there's pros and cons to that, because although a lot of the logistics are taken care of, when you've got both games, uh, both teams playing on the same weekend, do you stretch your fan base too thin? I don't know, because, again, they usually have the games as close to -to back-to-back as they can. Hmm. So that helps a little bit. Uh, It depends a little... I think at this time of year, especially, and we were just talking about this a bit, uh, it depends a little bit on what the weather's going to be like as well. Absolutely, yeah. Like, if the wind is blowing through Massage Place on a Friday night, you might not stick around for the second game. It might be a little chilly. Yes. Um, Basketball actually starts in about a month. No wind problems there. No, and they start at home. And again, 
both of their teams play exactly the same schedule. Hmm. And Fraser Valley is their first opponent, November 3rd and 4th. So as I say, about a month from now. So in the next week or two, try to get at least one, maybe both of the basketball coaches on to talk about the upcoming season. And the, the women's teams have added a few players this week. Uh, the women's soccer team added two players. Not for this year, obviously. Um, Amy Glaser is a winger out of Vernon. Hmm. So she'll be joining them in 2024. And they stayed local. Maria Sampson is a striker from Shasti Kelly Road. Huh. Who is staying local. Nice. Yes. Uh, That's great. The women's basketball team is picking up a guard named Yana Shupak. She is not going to play until the 2024-25 season. Wow. Well, part of that's probably because she has to arrange for her travel. She's from Tom's River, New Jersey. Well, it shouldn't take <laughs> that long to get over no. the border, but yeah. uh, the way the airlines are these days, yes. you know. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is, best to plan ahead. And the other thing is, obviously, you're starting your season in a month. You're not going to be recruiting for this year anymore. Yeah, yeah. Might be kind of tough to sort of slide somebody into your team without disturbing a few things. Yeah, it's not the same as, as hockey where there's cascading effects all the time. I know. Like you're dealing with students here. No, you're yes. not dealing with uh, with yeah. kids who just, the worst you might well encounter yeah. is a billet problem. Yeah, and all the minor hockey teams, you were talking about this earlier, all the minor hockey teams who had had players with the Cougars also now know what their situation is because the Cougars know what their situation is. Yeah. Their lineup is set. The Spruce Kings are still having players. Yeah, and well, so, it's volatile all year yeah. long. No matter who you are. Oh, yeah. But uh, oh. it does settle, though. I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's not uh, like a, sw- a boil going on like yeah. it is the beginning of and, hockey season. And I'll give you three guesses what the trade for that Ryland Brady from Chilliwack involved for the Spruce Kings. Give you three guesses what they gave up. Um, future considerations. <laughs> and your other two guesses? <laughs> a bag of pucks. No, and, no, no. And just a bin of water bottles. Well, the future considerations may include a bag of pucks and some water bottles. Sure. But for now, they're just saying future considerations. Yeah, yeah. And that I've noticed, especially in the BCHL, is even during the regular season, that's what a lot of the trades are. Yeah, really, it's, it's you a glorified a trade. Cut. Yeah. We're yeah. going to cut you, but yeah. we've worked it out with another team yeah. so you can keep playing. It's usually yeah. doing the player a solid. Yes. And I I wonder sometimes whether it's almost like a conditional thing as well. Like the future considerations depend a little bit on how the player does with the new team. Oh, like yeah. If he plays before, X number of games, because you, know, you hear about that sometimes. You know, well, players have incentive contracts, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And um, to me, if I'm... If I'm Chilliwack and I'm sending Ryland Brady up to an, a team in the same league, which is all the BCHL can do these days because they're kind of by themselves. Yeah, I'm still interested like, in how um, that's going to shake down. I'm thinking you may say to um, name to on now GM, Spruce Kings. Oh, Mr. Haas. Yes, Mike Haas. You may say to him, okay, you know, we'll look at this player. You know, if this guy plays the full season with us then you get a we, we get, second round pick yeah. and otherwise third, third round, round pick, pick yeah. yeah or yeah, a bag of pucks that's it. One yeah. <laughs> or nothing yeah yes. exactly okay <laughs> that'll about do it for uh, today's show we will be back next Wednesday one o'clock for some more post to post 
Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.